boy, here we go for the Monday show. Time to wake it up. Time to get up on it. I am the Stretch Ari. It is back to Moto Week, and we are building to a double header this week. Can't wait. It is Easter weekend, and it is Moto Weekend. On Saturday, we will be out at Glen Helen. We will cover the two-stroke nationals. As those are going down, we'll be down there all morning into the afternoon. And then I'm guessing around 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, we are going to pack it up and haul ass back to the Big 49 Broadcast Studio Temple where we will sit down and do coverage of the Supercross from Glendale, Arizona in a Triple Crown event, 250 West event. A lot to look forward to as we get into covering that race. So... Wham, bam, it is Moto All Weekend. If you are heading out to Glen Helen, you can look for us and come and talk to us. Typically, we're on Vendor Row, but I don't know where we are as of this year. I don't know it is all official yet of the exact location, but we will be there. If we have to be back in the back of the back of the parking lot, that's where we'll be because that's what we do because we're the big 49. We are Moto Rock Extreme, especially here in Southern California where we are home to the greatest rock station known to mankind. So, all in all, gonna be a great Moto weekend. Look for us. Now, outside of Moto, I'm gonna do a lot of stories today, but before I give up on Moto, we're gonna talk to Jet Lawrence. Jet Lawrence, he won the Seattle Supercross, had a bad spill, didn't look like his normal, dominant Jet Lawrence self. We're gonna touch base with him on all of that information uh, coming up here in moments. And then besides that, we are going to get into a whole bunch of stories for today. Most of the stories today involve guns. It's a gun day. A big gun day. I got some people getting arrested in Colorado for uh, shenanigans. I kind of like what they did, but I understand why it's illegal. Got a guy um, who, okay, he's working in a garage Someone comes in to rob him, and, well, he's now up on charges of attempted murder, and I have to tell you, this is the most BS New York woke-ass BS I've ever heard. Insane. Guy comes in to rob you, you shoot the guy, but but it's not that simple. Even then, I'm like, oh, okay, I, I understand that. No, it's way worse than that. So we're going to get into that story. And we're going to go to Ohio, where I got some idiots that are now in jail for being accused of robbery because, well, they're idiots. They're complete idiots. Back to fast food rage, I guess is what it is. Then we're going to go back and rip on New York some more for just, there's no justice system in these big cities anymore. New York, Los Angeles in particular. But boy, is it, it's embarrassing. You should be embarrassed if you're in New York and you're responsible for putting that district attorney in there. And oh my God, New York is embarrassment, period. They're the guys going after Trump right now. And by the way, psychic stretch, I don't know if you saw over the weekend, Trump has not only raised a crap ton of money since they announced his indictment in New York, he's also shot through the roof in the polls. People are sick of the weaponized freaking judicial system 
that the left is using, and bad things are going to happen. I told you this. And now Trump's numbers are through the roof. Now Trump's money is through the roof. I think they shoot him in as the dude for the next election. I really, really do think that. So it's going to be crazy. We got all that. Ripping on New York. Ripping, talking about guns. It's just insane. And then I, I got a violent story out of Wisconsin that's terrifying. So a whole bunch of fun. I remember I talk, talk about a WrestleMania as I was watching that all weekend, too. So if you got the Peacock, you may as well watch WrestleMania. WrestleMania is amazing. Do a little breakdown on that probably at the end of the show. So if you are a fan of the moto, strap it in. Jet Lawrence is coming up next. And then all that other crap I just told you about. It's the Big 49. Happy Monday. Big 49, it is Stretch, and right now we are sitting down with Mr. Jet Lawrence, who is the red plate holder of the 250 West Division, and they were back in action after a little bit of a layoff here in Seattle tonight. And Jet, you ride once again to another victory, but this one, not without incident. In fact, not only did you have a crash, we'll get into that one in the heat race, but you also didn't just shoot out of a cannon and go wire to wire like we see you often do in these main events. In fact, you got out of the gate, you were not at the front of the pack, and you had to eat your way up. So uh, walk us through that main event and you uh, having to work your way back to the front and, uh, and to hold on for a victory. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a struggle getting to the lead. Uh, Styles was riding pretty good. He had his okay. lines down, down pad, and uh, yeah. and... In all fairness, I wasn't riding the best. wasn't wasn't my best uh, best riding, which okay. I just couldn't find my lines much and just find my flow. So, was um, took a little bit to get close enough where I could make a make a move okay. on on Styles and was able to get that. And even like after I got past my, oh, maybe I'd get into a flow, but I kind of struggled in the flow the whole whole race. So I was just kind of like trying to just get through the, like each section, just okay, and make it and. Uh, and the the boys were on it also tonight, so they were they were keeping me on it. So I had to make sure I kept on pushing that that uh, whole main. All right, and let's talk about that heat race too, because you had a gnarly spill there with Cameron, and you managed to still get back, you know, and not have to go to the LCQ, which is always good. And apparently, you were unhurt. So uh, walk us through that heat race as well. Um, yeah, it was definitely a wild heat race, but uh, <laughs> thankfully, we both came out of it okay. Uh, I could land on his bike and thankfully yeah. I like just clipped his foot peg with my butt cheek and it didn't <laughs> go anywhere else. Yeah. So, so uh, thankfully both came out okay and it, uh, bikes are pretty banged up. It's most yeah. likely they get pretty pretty hammered when they when they both like bikes collide. So um, yeah. thankfully we were, we were okay. All right, and uh, let's talk about the end of that race because when you came off the track, I, I know you've got to be aware. There's cameras on you the second you do anything. You were like the golden boy of this class, and the second you got off that track, they were watching you, and you looked really, really pissed off. So walk us through the emotions of a crash like that. You looked really upset right at the moment, too, when it happened. So how long does it take for you to get over that and, you know, to calm down and get ready for a main event? Um. It's a, uh, it's uh, it's obviously hard, but uh, I yeah. mean, it's uh, I get I get frustrated just when I blade a chip in golf. So I mean, you should see me on a golf course. I get I get heated there. So I mean, yeah. it's it's natural with our sport. We get uh, if something doesn't go quite right, we get a little frustrated. I mean, everyone does. But I mean, yeah. it's a it's a racing situation. I mean, we're both trying to we're all trying to go for the title and and yeah. get heat race wins and get 
and get main event wins because this all goes to can go to our family and, and that stuff with bonuses and that stuff. So we're all we're out there, all laying on the line. And <clears throat> I'm pretty sure my brother went over it uh, last weekend. It's like we're making split deci- uh, decisions in such yeah. a such a quick time where like sometimes it works out. Then like this kind of si- situation, this every now and then you just don't get lucky. This <laughs> this happens. I'm I'm yeah. more so just glad we're both okay and and uh, we can. Leave, leave tonight fairly uh, in one piece and, and race the next round. All right. And once again, though, after the main event, you didn't look happy either. And there was no contact or no crash or anything going on with another rider. Uh, what was the frustration for you at the end of that uh, main event when you got the overall win? Um, yeah, I was just kind of I was more frustrated on myself. I just I just didn't fet like I rode my best best in that main and just okay. was making just silly mistakes that I feel like I shouldn't be making. So I was kind of like. Just beating myself up, you could yeah. say cursing to myself about <laughs> how much of an idiot I am with some things. So I was kind of like just a, almost a quick brief about the a race almost to myself, like why, okay. why'd you do this? Why'd you do it? Like kind of just almost quizzing myself. And obviously, I, uh, I <clears throat> even even though we had, like we end up winning the main, I'd still like I want to always make myself better uh, all yeah. round. So. Obviously, uh, I take it very serious, and I when I do ride bad, I want to make sure I know mentally and then kind of beat myself up a bit just to kind of just have how I work a little bit. So um, I was just mainly frustrated at myself just on some of the silly mis- uh, decisions I made and and this uh, mistakes that I don't think I should have been making. All right, and what do you think it was uh, tonight but that you didn't have the dominant performance that we see from you sometimes? And, you know, there's just off nights or stuff. So uh, is there anything that you can attribute to you not being your, your typical sharp self tonight? Um, I don't know, to be honest. It okay. was uh, probably, but it's kind of more of like if I could have gone faster more okay. so. It was just, I just... I never really got my lines down where I could just hit it each lap. I was just I was a bit all over the place, and was was awkward kind of all all race I'd almost say. So if the all boys right. were to catch me, I think fitness yeah. wise I would think I would have been fine. But just if those boys just had their better lines and that stuff and yeah. and had their lines sorted, I think it would have been a bit of a struggle just to try and pick up that pace. Where for me it might have looked. Would have got a little sketchy or out of hand. All right, and do you think the track had anything to do with that? It was another rough track, got real ruddy, got ran down, you know, very different track from the first heat race up until these main events. So uh, how was the track for you tonight, and, and was that part of your problem? The track was, like, most of the day pretty, like, sticky and, and grippy and, yeah. and just soft, but then yeah. kind of once you got to the main, the, the rhythm stayed pretty much the same with getting it to, uh, deep rust where it kind of grab your foot peg. So it was a yeah. kind of tricky one to get the rhythms and push them with it, but you don't want to go too much where you start clipping foot peg. Yeah. But then, uh, then the turns were kind of like loose and dry, so there wasn't getting many ruts on the turn side of things. So it made it definitely difficult because you couldn't just like get into a flow with just hitting that same rut each time because you had yeah. to like you come in you could slide a good one lap and another another lap you just wouldn't quite get it as good all right uh let's talk about this just coming off some time off we all know jet you're getting ready to move up to the 450s for the outdoor season and you've been training on the the bike on the 450 been on the big bike i've seen some instagram videos and I know you were doing stuff out there with uh, Kenny Roxon and training with other guys, just mixing it up. So how's that going? What's happening on the 450? How you liking the bike? Walk us through that experience during the off weeks. Um, bike was great. It was yeah. uh, it was funny on the 450. I think uh, at 
Daytona, I was very, I was very close to actually going racing, and, okay. and I was, I was excited, but I ended up testing from Monday all the way through the Thursday on the bike, so I was pretty, and they're all from like ten to five days where the sunset would go down. So <laughs> yeah. it was uh, long days, just trying stuff, seeing what works with it, and kind of for more so my sake of thing of learning the 450, learning yeah. its character. And that stuff, and it was just, uh, I was still wanted to press day in that, but yeah. my dad's ended up just kind of pulling the pin, just going, no, you, you rode all week, and uh, yeah. long, hard hours, so it's just kind of more so just, you know, just take the weekend off, have fun. Yeah, have some fun, and we know that we are going to see you on it again, uh, you know, really, really soon, and I uh, can't wait for that to happen. Congratulations, Jet, on another victory tonight, having a firm grasp on the red plate right now in the 250 West. I can't wait to see uh, what you got in store for us when we get back to the Triple Crown event in uh, Arizona coming up here in a couple weeks and then this summer as well when we get on that 450 and kick it off for reels in the outdoor season. Uh, congratulations. We'll talk to you soon. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. The Man Urge. Kevin Costner is a freaking boss, or he might be unemployed. I don't know which one it is. Here's what happened. Over the weekend, there was an entire cast event of the show Yellowstone. They were supposed to do a Q&A at a big TV festival, and then the entire cast basically was a no-show. At the last minute, they had to flip up some of the smaller characters from the cast to do the Q&A, and that's because they say Kevin Costner's playing hardball with the TV show producers as far as shooting schedule and whatnot, and right now, they are in the middle of a season they took season five they showed half of it then they have the break well they didn't even start filming the second half of season five yet and with kevin costner playing hardball they may be trying to replace him and rewrite the script because this dude's not messing around and he is jacking these fools when he's got the leverage in his hand way to go kevin costner uh, this is crazy going on in Russia. There is another execution of a civilian. This guy is a vlogger who totally supports Russia in their war efforts against the Ukraine. And he was doing an event at a cafe in St. Petersburg, Russia yesterday when a statue that was behind him apparently had a bomb and it exploded, sent everything from the statue out like shrapnel. And he was killed and 19 other people were hospitalized. No word yet on who is responsible for the bombing. Right, this is kind of crazy and a testament to nerds everywhere. Over the weekend at the box office, the new Dungeons and Dragons movie slayed John Wick 4. John Wick, the Keanu Reeves ass-kicking masterpieces, got beat by Dungeons and Dragons. Man, nerds are taking over the world. The Man Earth. Man Entertainment with Stretch. Big Fortnite. It's a stretch show here on a Monday, and right now we are going to talk about something going on in Colorado. Man, this is, I can, I can empathize with these people. I know why they did it. It's even a little funny, but I also can see how somebody can get seriously hurt, and I see why it's illegal. I'm, I'm a, I'm a flip-flopper on this issue because it would be cool to do. A couple in Douglas County, Colorado have been arrested after a man called 911 from their front porch saying he was injured by a booby trap. <laughs> See where I'm going with this? The man was a door-to-door -door salesman. 
says he walked up on the porch. He said he felt something uh, hook around his leg as he stepped up the steps onto the front porch, and then he heard a loud bang. And at that point, he said his hearing was uh, messed up, and he was had a flash, and he was blinded as well. And, of course, he went to the hospital because I think he's going to want to sue these people when he was a door-to-door salesman. It's the lowest vermin of life on, on the planet next to meter maids and lawyers. You know, like door-to-door salesman's like number three or four on that list. I put drug dealer higher than door-to-door salesman. And so the 5-0 rolls up to investigate. They take the guy to the hospital, and then when they get there, they're like, oh, wait a minute. There's a booby trap at the back door, too. The one at the back door was set to mace. So if you stepped on the tripwire at that, it sprayed mace in your face. Granted, they were just protecting their home, but that's illegal as all hell. Especially when you use uh, an explosive device like they used on the front door, which was just a uh, shotgun shell that was opened and the shotgun pellets were taken out of it and all of that. So it just went boom. It was just the... uh, the, the trigger of it, the, the, the big boom, had the gunpowder in it, and it would scare the bejesus out of you. I like that. I know the guy's gonna sue, but when the 5 0 saw the booby trap and they took the guy away, they apparently tried to get the homeowners to come outside, and guess what? They were like, nope. So now we got a standoff. After a short standoff, though, the homeowners eventually surrendered to the police and gave themselves up. They are identified now as Brian Hill, 61 years old, and Tracy Remington, 53 years old. They're both arrested on several charges, including second-degree assault, felony menacing, and prohibited use of a weapon. In the uh, paperwork, the 5-0 says that they set up the devices, that Hill set up the devices, and that Mrs., uh, the Mrs., the lady, she agreed to it, so they're both going to jail. They live there together. It's their house. And they're both up on $25,000 bond right now. Think about it. You're protecting your house. You set up a booby trap. I have. I see. I don't know if you ever watched the YouTube videos. That's a common go-to where they rig a shotgun shell that's been hollowed out with just so it just has a gunpowder in it to packages. And people put it on their porch so when porch pirates come up to steal it. And then I saw another one about a dude that... Every day he has dogs, and every day he picks up his dog crap, puts it in a uh, box on his porch, and sets it out for someone to steal. And every single day it's stolen. Somebody eventually comes along and steals a box of crap. Literally, a box of crap off this guy's porch. Not illegal. And the explosive one, illegal. When you put the shotgun shell in there and it blows up on him, that's illegal. Even though it's funny as hell. And they weren't trying to kill anyone. They were just trying to keep people away from their house. They're antisocials like me, maybe like you. I don't want anybody in my house. I have problems even with my own family being in my house sometimes, to be honest with you. So, these guys are in trouble. Yeah, big trouble. Up next, I'm going to tell you about a guy that's in bigger trouble because he's up on attempted murder charges, and this is out of New York City, so you know it's absolute insanity that this guy's up on attempted murder charges. And by the way, they don't charge people for crimes in New York. You know you've got to be a good guy to get charged with a crime. That's how New York operates. I'm going to talk about this one next. It's it's mind-boggling. It's the Big 49. 
right, Big 4-9, it is a stretch show here on a Monday morning. Thank you for being here. We appreciate you. Don't forget to join us this weekend as we get our moto on all day Saturday. Right now, though, I'm going to go in on New York, the dumbest, most worthless city on the planet. I know, but New Yorkers get pissed. I lived there. I worked there. I can tell you this. It is more woke and more stupid and more effed up than Los Angeles, and that is saying something. Let me give you my case in point right here, all the evidence you need. Saturday, uh, in New York, this, God, this might be the garage where I used to park my car. Uh, In New York, there's no parking, so you got to pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars to park your car. You also have to pay hundreds of dollars a month to drive your car into the city if you don't live in New York City on toll roads. Sounds good, right? This guy, 57-year-old Musa Daira, he was Daira, uh, Musa Daira, he was at work, he worked at a parking garage on 31st Street that is not far at all from Madison Square Garden, and he's walking around in his building, he's got the overnight shift, and your parking garage are 24 hours a day because New York is a 24-hour-a-day town. And there's people coming and going at all hours, and people pay monthly to park their car there, and you get your car whenever. And the way these work, there's elevators that they drive your car into, and you pull up, and they park your car, and they bring it up or down, and then you call and say, I'm getting my car, or you walk up and say, I want my car, and they bring it down to you. That's how it works. Well, this dude is in his garage, and he's up on the third floor of his parking garage, And it's 5.30 in the morning, so pretty quiet at that hour. Not a lot going on in New York at 5.30 in the morning. And he sees a man walking around up up there, just looking in car windows. So the guy's like, all right, this guy's trying to break into cars. So he takes the guy, he escorts him off the property, and he gets him outside, and he's like, you're stealing. I'm calling the police. You were here to steal. And the guy's like, no, I'm not. I was just up there looking for my car. And he's like, well, where's your car? ends up the guy doesn't have a car. He's a lying thief. And he's like, well, what's in your bag? And the guy goes, oh, you want to know what's in my bag? I'll show you what's in my bag. And he pulls a gun out and proceeds to open fire on Mr. Uh, Diara. And he shoots him in the stomach and then he grazes him in the ear. At which point, Mr. Diara uh, attacks the guy and wrestles the gun away from him and takes the gun and shoots him. The guy just shot you twice. You've been shot twice. So you wrestle the gun away from the guy before he kills you or before you drop dead. And you turn the gun on him and, and you shoot him. Okay, so police come and everybody goes to the hospital because everyone's shot. The guy he shot, he shot in the chest, the, the bad guy, the criminal. The hardworking guy working at the parking garage, he got the shot in the stomach and engrazed in the ear. So imagine his surprise as he's at the freaking uh, hospital and the cops come in and say uh, Mr. Diara you're under arrest for attempted murder yeah there you go he has been charged with uh, assault criminal possession of a weapon and attempted murder for stopping a guy that had already shot him twice from killing him and turning the gun on that guy he has been charged with all of those crimes Is that remotely anywhere in the ballpark of sanity to you? Because it is not to me. The the bad guy's not dead because he got shot in the chest. He's been uh, charged with the same crimes. So the bad criminal that was at a place to steal 
Then when he was confronted for stealing, pulls a gun and shoots a good guy that's just trying to make an honest living working in a parking garage in Manhattan. Shoots him twice. The guy wrestles the gun away from him and shoots him to prevent him from shooting him again, I'm sure, because if he would have let go of the guy, the guy would have shot him again. And they both get charged with all the same crimes because in New York's eyes, good guys are bad guys. And bad guys have more rights than good guys. And that's effing crazy to me. That is insane to me. And it should not be. But New York sucks balls. And it's worse than L.A. I I say that over and over and over. And I'm right over and over and over. And stories like this come out over and over and over and prove me absolutely correct in this argument. So I I don't know. It's how this happens is insane to me. Everyone's lost their mind on all sides of every argument. America is a country of insane people now. By the way, uh, they put the guy in jail for six days. Uh, it's, 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 it's crazy. I'm going to get into more on this here in a minute. Yeah. Oh, man. It is insane. Uh, here we go. The charges against uh, Dyer from defending himself against the attacker come after a similar incident last year when, a- in July, a guy that was the clerk at a grocery store was charged with murder after a confrontation in a store with an angry customer who came over the counter, attacked him, and he stabbed and killed the guy, and then they charged him with murder. They found him in jail for six days when the freaking city went nuts. And uh, Alvin Bragg, sound familiar? He's the guy going after Trump right now. Finally dropped the charges after public outrage. They say immense public pressure caused them to drop the charges in that. I hope that happens again. And this guy in the parking garage gets away with it. But that's the kind of district attorney this guy did. That's, that's the dude you're dealing with in this situation. He is a left-wing nut job, And he is going after the former president of the United States for... BS, and he's also going after this dude that was just defending himself. What the hell? What are we coming to, America? What are we coming to, man? All right, coming up next, I'm going to tell you about a couple of crazy nut jobs that had guns, and they went into a couple crazy guys walk into a Chipotle. Tell you why they drew their guns and are now charged and wanted for robbery. Coming up on a big 4-9. The Big 49 Moto Minute Brought to you by LBZ It's only Monday but it's already time to start gearing up for the weekend Because this Saturday the Big 49 has got a Moto double header for you Listen all morning live when we broadcast live from the Two Stroke Nationals at Glen Helen And then starting at 5pm we'll all be back in the studio As we get ready for full coverage of the Supercross Triple Crown event in Glendale, Arizona Those gates are going to drop at 7 with the racing And we'll cover that as well So it is all moto all day this Saturday Right here on the Big 49 You gotta listen I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ Is coming up one hour from now Big 49, it is a Stretch show here on a freaking Monday And we are rolling along with crazy stories today Almost all the stories today involve guns Of some way, shape, or form Because you know why? It's America We're gun country We got guns you know who's really got guns? Bad guys. Lots and lots of bad guys got guns. 
I'm a firm believer if you take away guns from ev from everybody, only the bad guys will have guns, and then it'll really be unfair. Oh, man, what are we going to do? Let's go to Columbus, Ohio, though. Imagine you're in Chipotle. Two guys go into Chipotle. They get their order, and they come back to the counter, and they're like, F you, man. I want more cheese. And they're like, sorry. And if you ever notice, they weigh everything at Chipotle's done on a very set scale. Like the scoop of the of the protein, the meat, they, they it's like two scoops, done, no more. And you could maybe they'll give you sometimes they'll give you a little bit more. But and it's one scoop of this, and then they have a little measuring cup, they put the cheese in and stuff, and then they dump it on the order. And it's allegedly you get what you pay for, right? Well, these guys didn't think they got enough cheese, so they're like, give us some cheese. And they're like, sorry, uh, you have to pay extra for that. And they're like, no, F you, I want more cheese. So then they come across the counter and they rough up an employee on the backside. I, I'm assuming the employee that wouldn't give more cheese. And now you've come across the counter and assaulted an employee. You know what happens? The other employees typically are going to come to their aid. So the other employees come over and now the, the two on one that the douchebags that wanted more cheese were getting on the employee turns into like a four or five on two and the tables have been turned as the Chipotle employees begin to kick their ass at which point the idiots that wanted more cheese pull out a gun and now the other one that was getting beat up says shoot them shoot them shoot them and proceeds to run around and destroy the inside of the restaurant while holding a gun on the employees who are now doing nothing because they think they're about to get shot. Uh, they also grab a cell phone out of someone's hand and they flee the store. Now, my favorite part of the story, my favorite part of this entire story is this line right here. It goes on to the description of the uh, suspects and it gives a number, a Central Ohio Crime Stoppers number if you have any information, call this number. And it says, the suspects left the scene without receiving extra cheese. Right there, that's a win. Chipotle wins. Your employees defended each other. They didn't get killed. The store didn't lose money on the cash register. And they didn't give those mofos more cheese. F those guys. People got to learn how to behave. Fast food rage. It's not like they messed up the order. These guys didn't like... Hey, I said no mayonnaise, and you put mayonnaise on there, and then they freaked out. No. These guys just wanted more cheese, and they didn't want to pay for it. They were trying to steal more cheese, and the kid's like, if I put more cheese on here, I'm going to get fired. You're not getting more cheese. And they left the store without getting any extra cheese. I love that story. Makes me happy. MFers, MFers, MFers. What are we going to do about bad people with guns, man? I'm good with just popping them all. <laughs> Seriously. Let's go back to the story now. We're going to get back in the next segment. I'm going to go into a story that doesn't have guns, but it is once again just ripping on the incompetent district attorney of New York City, uh, Mr. Bragg, who has proven to be a socialist communist a-hole that is a enforcer for the left-wing nutjobs that are in power in the White House as he goes after former President Donald Trump. 
and created what I said would happen, uh, backlash, where Trump is getting more support than ever now because of this. God, I saw this coming, and I'm just a dumb, fat idiot that does a radio show and a podcast. Imagine what someone who is really smart should be able to figure out. We're also going to show his incompetence at the rest of his job, which is prosecuting crime in New York. He's incredibly, incredibly incompetent at that job. We're going to talk about this next. I'm Stretch. It's the Big 49. Big 49. It's a Stretch show. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you didn't get too much April Fool's BS. I'm glad it was a weekend. It wasn't as bad, but... Boy, was I sick of seeing stupid social media posts and even more stupid people believing them. I'm the last person in the world with common sense, I believe. Very, very often. I don't know what it is. All right, let's go rip on New York City some more and that douchebag brag. Manhattan District Attorney. Here's a little statistic for you. Half of all drunk driving offenses in Manhattan last year were tossed out of court. Half. They say dismissal rates have soared over five times higher than they were before the state lawmakers enacted a controversial evidence reform law in 2020, which was supported 100% by the not-tough-on-crime Alvin Bragg. They say of the 262 drunk driving cases handled in Manhattan uh, District Attorney Alvin Bragg's office in 2022, 128 That is 49% of those cases were dismissed on technicalities or for other reasons. Uh, When they had a tougher on crime district attorney named Cy Vance back in 2019, that number was 9% dismissal rate for DUIs. Now, Bragg is saying it's the new discovery law, which by the way, he supported. Um, It's not his fault. And here's what happens. So the new discovery law, which was packaged in with a uh, no bail. Like, the, remember they were saying the bad guys were, or I'm sorry, not bad guys, that wonderful people were being held in jail and couldn't post bail. So they got rid of that too, and now bad guys are on the jail. And guess what? Crime shot through the roof, so I don't think they were all that good of people. But in the new discovery law, before any evidence in the case only had to be submitted when the defense or the defense attorney of the individual requested it in writing. Well, they said that wasn't fair. So now prosecutors are required to turn over all evidence related to any alleged felonies and or misdemeanors within 15 days of arraignment for a traffic infraction and 20 to 35 days for any other crime. And when you got as much crime as you've got in a crap hole like New York City, that's a lot of cases, and they don't have the manpower, and they can't do it. So what they're doing is they've got this god-awful district attorney, Mr. Bragg, and he is just cutting deals, cutting deals, lesser crime, lesser crime, lesser crime, lesser crime, and they are cutting deals left and right and letting bad criminals go basically a slap on the wrist for anything because they can't get their crap together to meet these new requirements, something that Mr. Bregg supported, by the way. They say the new rules of discovery have wreaked havoc throughout the five boroughs when it comes to DUI and other traffic-related prosecutions. 
and most of the time they rush to court and try to get a plea deal with the defendant because they know they're going to completely lose the case and it's going to get thrown out if they don't because they don't have the evidence filed in time. Then they talk to victims of uh, drunk driving deaths, family members, who say that they don't feel justice is being served for their loved ones that were killed by drunk drivers. And they say at a something has to happen at a bare minimum to put laws in there where when you know you break the law you are prosecuted for it and it holds they go to Queens where they say they've got similar numbers and Staten Island where they've also got bad numbers and they brag about it they're all progressive Democrat liberal DAs and they're all cutting crimes and letting convicted bad people off because they're going to lose the case completely if they don't and they don't care. That's what they want. They want criminals on the street. They know the criminals are their bread and butter. Those are the people that vote for them. You know what I'm going to do when I'm a criminal? I'm going to vote for a soft on crime district attorney if I got the chance so that I don't have to worry about going to jail for, you know, the way I make my living. It's exactly what's happening. And these guys go on and on and on and, bra- and brag about it. Uh, speaking of brag, Mr. Bragg, who once championed the very same evidence reform law said he hopes to continue to work with his fellow progressive libtard Democrat partners in the state legislature to find common sense solutions that preserve the intent of the new law while ensuring that we can achieve appropriate accountability in our cases. Yeah, no, you don't. No, you don't. You fought for this law because you don't want to prosecute criminals because criminals are basically your fan base. And you know that. And you want to stay in power. Staying in power is more important. And you want to, if you allow criminals to steal from non-criminal people, that is the uh, reversal of fortune that Democrats want. Go steal from the people that are working hard and give to the people that don't work at all. It's like a new way of taxing rich people. Just steal from them and then don't prosecute the criminals. It's insane. It is insane, insane, insane. Uh, this is from the New York paper. This is not me. This is a representative from Staten Island named Joseph Borelli. He says Bragg is either lazy or is the uh, or this is the result of the discovery law. And he doesn't know which one. He sp- says he suspects it's a combination of the two and that that combination is letting drunk drivers just roll out with impunity. There you go. Be glad you don't live in New York, but... No, Los Angeles is a freaking ass hair away from being that. Freaking crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, coming up here next, I'm going to tell you a crazy story out of Wisconsin about a 12-year-old that has been caught with murderer thanks to a Domino's pizza receipt. And you're not going to believe why this guy killed his neighbor. 12 years old. 12 years old. Talk about this one next. I'm stretched. It's the Big 4-9. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Shout out to Kyle Peters for taking his fourth straight Arena Cross Championship over the weekend. Even though we all know he wrapped it up before that final round, he still had some stuff to ride for this weekend in the final round at Lexington, Kentucky. Like showing everyone he is the freaking man by going 1-1 and... 
finishing it off with a victory that is like the cherry on top of the championship cake that is Kyle Peters when it comes to arena cross, man. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It's Stretch Show on a Monday. Let's get into this story about a murdering 12-year-old. Here's what happens. Guy hasn't heard from his cousin in a while. Apparently, guy lives by himself in Wisconsin. And he goes over there to check on him and finds him dead in a pool of blood with a single bullet hole to the back of his head. So cops start looking around. We got a murder going on. One of the things they find at the crime scene is a receipt for Domino's Pizza ordered by a person named Brandy. And it has a phone number on it. So the police call the number and say, Hi, we'd like to speak to Brandy. A little boy answers the phone and he says, uh, No one by Brandy is here. You've got the wrong number. And they're like, Is this your phone number? And he's like, Yeah, it's my phone number, but I'm not Brandy. I don't know Brandy Click. Well, they look into it. Well, guess whose phone number that is? It is the cell phone number of the 12-year-old boy next door. This same 12-year-old boy used to come over and play video games with the deceased, who is 34 years old. His name is Brandon Felton, but he's a gamer. Seemed like he was cool to the kid. He let the kid come over. They'd play video games. He also let the kid know he had some firearms at his house. Well, as time went on, the 12-year-old boy decided he wanted those firearms. So... He told his friends he was going to make a play. Then They then went into phone records, and once they interviewed the kid, the kid had conflicting stories a couple times, enough to where it really raised suspicion. Now, granted, you are 12 years old. We got a guy dead, and we're like, what is going on? They find text messages to his friends where he said he was going to make a play on his neighbor, Brandon, for a shotgun and some other slang term for an AR-15 that Brandon had. And at that point, they're like, all right, we got him. Oh, yeah, guess what? The firearms were missing. No one else has been arrested but the 12-year-old now. Oh, yeah, he also says in a text message, uh, should I make a play or should I just kill him now? And then he ends up killing him. And then he steals the guns that he wants. And what's crazy is the kid kept changing his story and the mom had brought him down to talk to the cops and they're like, your son's got different stories. And then finally the mom realized the kid was lying and the mom brought the kid to the cops and said, no, he went there with his friends to st to buy guns. They were trying to buy the guns from the neighbor. The neighbor didn't want to sell them and I don't know what they did. And the mom turned this little effer in. Shout out to you as a mom. What do you do when you find out your kid's a murderer? Most parents hide it and try to cover up for their kid, then you're all in trouble. I liked it. This lady's like, no, he's a lying little bastard. My son's a 12-year-old murderer. So what are you going to do at 12 years old with an AR-15 and a shotgun other than go to school and shoot the place up? Or commit crimes or do something? This kid was a bad kid growing back on his way to being a criminal, and he just started off with murder. Now hopefully he goes to jail forever. Insane. Insane, insane. The whole world has lost its mind. All right, up next, I got more stories to talk about. Uh, how about this guy in Florida? 
Stand your ground. Yeah, he's still going to go to jail, though. You stand your ground, you go to jail. It's crazy in America. It's the Big 4-9. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. I get well wishes going out to Brandon Posh. He is a road racing professional street bike racer. He was training last week in Florida on his KTM 250 dirt bike, something he says he's always done when he overjumped a big jump at Orlando MX Park and he landed on flat ground. Now here's what's kind of badass. Posh says he knew he was in trouble as soon as he left the ground that he was gonna overjump and land really hard. He sticks the landing, stays on his bike, rides it right to the medics who take him straight to the hospital because he has a broken back. No word on how long he will be out from road racing. In the meantime, hopefully it's not too serious. I am Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it is a stretch show on a Monday morning. Thank you for being here. Don't forget, we've got a video up, the vlog of the Saturday Moto Show. We did a Saturday Moto Show even though we did not have motocross on Saturday. I got up early Saturday, too, and went out to Alpine Stars in Torrance. They had a little thing in the parking lot, like car show, motorcycle show, which is cool. And they had a bunch of stuff on display from Alpine Stars, like, you know, motorcycles and stuff. And they had no dirt bikes. I was incredibly bummed that there wasn't a single dirt bike in their collection or even a dirt bike set of riding gear. They had leathers and stuff from road race bikes, but nothing to do with moto. I was uh, motocross. I was like, man, that's a bummer. They had some cool cars there, some car clubs hanging out. It was fun. But they, they shined motocross, and I was not happy about it. Ah, oh, man. This Saturday, we're going to have a double header. I think the LBZ family's coming out for this, too, at Glen Helen. Everybody's out at Glen Helen. For the Two-Strokes Nationals is massive. I'm pretty sure, I don't know if uh, uh, the entire LBZ's coming or just uh, Christine is going to roll by. I don't, I'm not sure if they're going to have a booth, but I'm, I know they are in town for the Two-Stroke Nationals. So we will see what happens. Shout out to the LBZ. The LBZ, it's a lifestyle, man. It's all about the lifestyle. LBZ.life. Those are our homies. I love those guys. Mike and Christine are great people. Right now, let's talk about this. I got a story out of Florida. Remember in Florida, you can shoot people that are going to beat you up. And I love that because typically they want you to get the living hell beat out of you. And unless someone's going to kill you and if they're beating you, you don't know if they're going to beat you to death or cause brain damage or whatever. So in Florida, there's a law called stand your ground where if someone's attacking you and you're retreating and not, you know, making the situation worse... You can pull a firearm and shoot them, and many people in Florida legally carry firearms. It's one of those states. And people know that. It also prevents you from attacking someone who you could probably beat the hell out of because they may just shoot you for attacking them because of the stand your ground law. Well, we're going to go back now to a Jacksonville, Florida, a man from St. Augustine, Florida, he got a manslaughter charges dismissed on him because they applied the stand your ground law. And here's how it went down. There's video cameras to prove it. He was in a bar and two guys start beating his ass and he didn't fight back and he retreated, 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 retreated until he finally pulled his firearm and shot one of them dead. Bam, gone. They're like, that's, that's the epitome of stand your ground. So... He gets, he gets off 
of the manslaughter charge, and he was standing his ground. He was defending himself, trying to protect himself from great bodily harm. And they show on the camera, one of the blows to his face knocks his glasses off. He started to step backwards in a submissive mode, and the gentleman kept attacking him. And at some point, finally, after being punched repeatedly, he pulled out his gun. The guy continued to come forward. He even pulled his gun out and was like, hey, back off. And the dude kept coming. And then he put the dude down like the dirty dog that he was. The video pretty much proved it was a stand your ground situation and proved that he was not guilty of a crime. Uh, They say they were able to merge the video and, and show in court. They said they could break the video down to milliseconds and they learned things like the first gunshot to the last was 1.6 seconds as opposed to people saying there was 25 to 30 seconds between the time he shot the first and shot the last. People lie to people are dumbasses and the video exonerated this man. But guess who's going to jail? The guy that shot that dude. Here's why. In Florida, and this is a real law, and you know there, there was a boner to get this guy because he killed someone. Uh, there is a law that says even if you can rightfully carry and you are packing a gun completely legally, you cannot carry it into an establishment whose primary purpose is the selling of alcohol, which is a good law. Don't bring your gun into a bar. However, if that guy didn't have his gun in a bar, he probably would have got the hell beat out of him or killed. He happened to have it. He used it. He's now going to jail for illegally possessing a firearm in a business that sells alcohol and he's getting 60 days in jail. He broke the law. Even though the shooting was justified and everything was good, he's off of that, but he's getting 60 days in jail for having brought the gun into the bar in the first place for which if he didn't, so he's going to do 60 days in jail for saving his own life. And he's going to be glad it's not years like the manslaughter charge had him up on. Laws are stupid. A lot of laws we got are stupid. District attorneys are stupid. I wonder who's worse, Bragg or Gascon here in Los Angeles. I wonder. It might be a race of idiots right there. That might be moron versus moron, and it's a dead heat, but right now Bragg's pulling away a little bit. It's a race between... uh, a a tortoise and a tortoise and the one tortoise is starting to pull away god alright I've got another story for you we'll get into next it's a fun one about uh, someone and the government decided okay I knew this was going to happen you start killing Americans in Mexico and you're going to have problems especially when your dumbass president's running around saying hey I'm cutting a deal with Mexico with uh, Mexico and Russia and China. F America. Yeah, you start saying stuff like that, and America's going to start getting more involved in your uh, ineptitude at running your own country. And this looks good. It's a proposal at this point, but I got a feeling it's going to pass. Let's talk about this one next. I'm Stretch. It's the Big 49. Big, 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 the big 49 moto minute brought to you by LBZ. You are a complete and total moto head and you're looking to live that traveling carny glamorous lifestyle this summer. The pro motocross people are still looking for track crew members 
for this summer's races that start in May at Fox Raceway at Pala. And you go all summer long following them around from place to place, helping out with the track. If you are interested, you can send your resume and moto background to John Ayers at Ayers at gear.mx and see if they'll pick you up and you can go be a moto carney. It'll be awesome. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. Time to get up out of here. But before I go, I got a story for you because I told you I'd have a story for you and then I dropped a Jed Lawrence interview on you instead. I'm trickery like that. I'm a big fat liar. I'm a hypocrite and a liar. I admit it. Unlike a politician and most human beings. Uh, this story, I told you about the Mexican drug cartel. Remember when they kidnapped and murdered four Americans a month or so ago? Well, there's repercussions for those actions. And you also got a dumbass president of Mexico, Mr. Obrador, stands for idiot in Spanish, I think. And saying he's cutting a deal with China and Russia, being anti-American. Well, Mr. Douchebag has got himself in a bit of a situation. Because you got these terrorist organizations known as the drug cartels running amok. And now some U.S. lawmakers are going, hey, here's what we, here's what we need. We need to classify the drug cartels as foreign terrorist organizations. And that is a proposal right now. The one in particular that murdered the four Americans recently is about to get the old FTO, Foreign Terrorist Organization Tag, from the United States government. And when that happens, bad things happen. They say the FTO tag has been gaining interest among uh, political bodies and figures due to its ability to unlock more foreign sanctions and the material support charge. And basically anybody that does business with the drug cartels in America will get hit with additional charges now and all kinds of stuff if they can drop the FTO charge on them, foreign terrorist organization. They vote for it. The designations then sent to Congress for review. And if no issues are raised within seven days, the Federal Register will publish the new classification of these uh, drug cartels being foreign terrorist organizations. I love that. Effing love it. They're pouring our country with fentanyl and opioids and drugs, causing crime like mofos over here. F them. Go get them. Uh, the FTO looks like it's gaining momentum. And they say the designation will also probably negatively impact U.S.-Mexican relations. F Mexico. You want to go do business with China and Russia? Get ready, bitch. Go ahead. Yeah. They say, we have enormous authority already in dealing with drug trafficking organizations in terms of all of the policing capabilities they have to deal with them, even though you do a very crappy job, United States of America. And they're saying that if we do this, it'll undermine our bilateral cooperation with Mexico, which isn't the most cooperative mofos in the world. They say, there's three things that need to be met. You need to be a foreign, they are foreign, the drug cartels, and you need to be harming Americans or threatening Americans anywhere in the globe, and they do that, and they also send up fentanyl over here. So there you go. You also need to be 
committing terror activity, which the drug cartel does in Mexico on a regular basis. So we'll see. All right, I'm getting out of here. I don't know if I'm tomorrow we're going to have Cameron McAdoo on the show or if I'm have a no-moto day as I milk my 250 Seattle Supercross interviews. Shout out to Jet Lawrence for being on the show today. I'll figure out what I'm doing tomorrow when I get to Tuesday. Right now, it's Monday. I'm going to go eat a cheeseburger because I'm fat. My name is Stretch. I will talk to you tomorrow. Till then, God bless you all. God bless the United States of America.